everybody, welcome to You Podcast Bollywood Edition. I'm Asim Bernie. This week we had the chance to speak with the team behind Amazon Studios Blumhouse collaboration with Priyanka Chopra Jonas called Evil Eye. First, we speak with writer Madhuri Shekhar, who is mainly a playwright who wrote the audible play the movie is based on and then adapted from, which was also done by Madhuri. Then we speak with both of the Dasani brothers. Elan and Rajiv, who are LA-based producers, visual effect artists and directors. They've been making TV, sci-fi and horror for a while. I had a really fun chat with all three of them. And we do review Evil Eye um, in much more details on episode 77 of the Khandan podcast. If you want to hear our full thoughts, I will add the links in the show notes. Evil Eye is available now to stream on Amazon Prime Video. Now let's hear our chat with writer Madhuri Shekhar. Hey. Hey. Have we met? Wow, I use that line a lot. <laughs> I'm Sandeep. Pallavi. Beautiful name. Thank you. Emma, um, I've met someone. Palu, this is such good news. Thanks for joining us, Madhuri. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me. It must be like a crazy time for you, I imagine. Uh, it's a more, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun time right now. I'm really glad people are able to see the movie at last. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you based? You're in New Jersey at the moment. I am. I am. I live in Jersey City. Okay. And uh, how's, the, how's the whole lockdown COVID thing been for you? <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going to say, how's the weather out there? <laughs> I can't ask. I'm in London, so I have no right to ask about anybody else's weather. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Well, I, I feel like everybody knows the state of the country from reading the newspapers. But, um, uh, you know, it's uh, we're just, you know, we're staying home. We're wearing our masks. We're trying to be as careful as possible to get through this. Yeah, I think that I think a lot of people had really good intentions when lockdown started. Um, you know, I'll write a book, I'll do this. And that's why I'm asking, because you are actually a writer, oh, you're a creative oh, person. Man. So I'm wondering, how many books have you written in these nine months we've been in lockdown? I, uh, none, because um, uh, I had a baby this year. So he, oh, he was born about, thank you, he was born about two months before the lockdowns began. So that he's been my huge project and uh, we're very grateful to have him <laughs> wow okay so, yeah so yeah I, I think he's probably been keeping you busy then yeah um so tell me how did this project come about for you how did it all get started yeah um so evil eye was originally an audio play and it was commissioned by audible um they wanted playwrights to write um plays for the audio format so uh when they commissioned me um uh, I, I had this idea to write um, uh, a play that was told entirely through phone calls, which would be really good for the audio format. Um, I talked to my mom on the phone every day. She lives in India. I live here. So we talk on the phone. And um, so the idea of a mother-daughter phone call story, you know, was interesting. And um, I was really, uh, I, I wanted to try and challenge myself and write something scary because I hadn't done that before. And so um, uh you know, it was just, it was thinking about like, what is the scariest thing in the world to me, which is something bad happening to my parents. Of course, for my mom, it's something happening to me when we're so far away from each other. Um, yeah, and my husband kind of encouraged me to think about like, is there anything in Indian culture that is specifically like a horror trope or a suspense trope or something that you could use that is culturally specific? And um, I thought of reincarnation, which is not a horror trope at all, but um, uh it can be if you think about it in a certain way so 
yeah, yeah, that was kind of, um, that was that was where all the pieces kind of came together. And was that because uh, Audible is an Amazon co- company yeah. and then you're, it's premiering on Amazon Studios. Was it always an idea that some stories might get developed or this was a complete surprise for you? No, it was never, it was never in the original conversations. It was, I mean, it was just, I'm a playwright. That's what I do. So this was always meant to just be, um, I hadn't even considered it as a stage play. It was purely supposed to be for the audio format. Um, but my uh, manager for TV and film, uh, like, to play a lot and so he while I was still working on it he sent the script around Hollywood and um, so Purple Pebble Pictures came on board Amazon and Blumhouse came on board and Amazon and Blumhouse already had a deal going um, and Priyanka Chopra had an overall deal in the works with Amazon a lot of corporate synergy happened you know to make <laughs> uh, to make this movie so yeah the timing worked out really well and how then you also wrote the screenplay for the movie yes. right yes yes so how was that how was that transition going from the audio play and adapting it did you need to trim something else did you need to add something more i know that you wanted to show the part where they kind of meet um, together right so you wanted yes. to flesh that out a bit yeah i mean it was um uh, it it was hard because all all writing is hard um but um turning the bringing the story over to the visual medium gave us a lot of opportunities to do things that I just couldn't do in the, in the audio format. So we could actually see Pallavi and Sandeep fall in love, which we don't, we only hear about, you know, secondhand in the audio play. Um, we get to see Usha and Krishnan together in their intimate domestic sphere. And we actually get to see how good they are t- with each other and, and to each other. And um, we get to see their worlds and how they've set up their worlds. They're like the I don't know, just like their apartments in this movie are so beautiful, you know, like the, just the mm. visual eye candy is so amazing. And, and of course, it's just like, there's so much more that an actor can do uh, on film than they can in when they're limited to just voice, right? So um, yeah, there were just like a lot of opportunities. And so there was, there was definitely, yeah, it's, you know, it's fundamentally the same story as the audio play, but I feel like you will get to really fun different experiences of the story with each format Hmm. I mean I'm Asian you're Asian there were definitely themes when I was watching the movie that definitely resonated with me Mm -hmm. Um, the one thing that stood out was me uh, to me was this hold that our Desi parents have over (laughs) us and I I thought it was really interesting how it mirrored an abusive relationship in the past and in the present Mm -hmm. so how did you kind of, uh, hey, were your parents kind of mad about this? Or like when you kind of uh, explain the story, like, you know, is it autobiographical or anything like that? And how did you kind of want to deal with that? My parents love, love it. My parents loved the audio play. They loved the movie. Um, because they're, I don't know, I guess spoiler, but they're like, they're kind of the heroes of the story, you know? So hmm. um um it's not fully autobiographical the uh the the opening scenes are (laughs) um my mom did my mom has called me upset that other people are getting engaged before me that has happened (laughs) um uh I did uh, you know I have been I was set up so many times in my 20s that was definitely something that I experienced um uh, and the, the 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 nature of the relationship between the daughter and the mother is so similar to to what I have with my mom. So, um, yeah, they. Uh, so, sorry, you asked something before that. That's that's kind of how my parents reacted to it. 
Yeah, I was just wondering how, uh, you know, with the hold that our parents have over us, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the expectations that they have, mm-hmm. is almost feels like sometimes an abusive relationship, right? Like, you feel that you're never good enough. And that line that, that was in the movie really kind of resonated with me. So I was just wondering how you wanted to, because after it does feel that they are the heroes of the movie, because it almost feels like it validates the behavior of the mom. So that's what I was kind of wondering how you wanted to, you know, portray portray that on screen in a way. Hmm. I don't know. I think that's an interesting t- way to look at it. I think um I think an abusive relationship which can absolutely happen between parents and children uh is not really the one that this movie talks about. Um I think there's a tremendous amount of tension between that can happen in very loving relationships as well which is what i experience with my mom at times where like the only reason i agreed to go on setups is because i love my mother and i respect her and i i do genuinely trust her judgment you know it's like if she did like find someone for me and vet them for me then it would be rude of me to just dismiss them outright without giving them a chance right so that's kind of why i went on so many setups but it was also really frustrating because at the end of the day my mom my mom doesn't know who I'd be attracted to so it was like really like hard but it was at the same time it was like her saying you know i'm never going to force you to marry anybody you don't want to marry that's never going to happen i'm just trying to help you <laughs> i'm just trying to like send dudes your way yeah so you know i but i i think like the line that you mentioned right about never feeling like you're good enough that is very true and you know that's like one of that's the line that really resonates for me as well when i was writing it is that that's a painfully honest and dark thought that i have had that you know it's, it, that i feel like can happen in in even like good and loving relationships as well um i i think like it's interesting about validating uh bad behavior maybe um i i have i've seen a lot of like stories about like first generation second generation like you know immigrant families and stuff where the focus and the complexity is on the younger generation and the older generation the parents are not explored as as well or or as the the writers and directors don't seem to be as curious about them um and that's always sat with me in a wrong way i'm kind of like no i if we're all really interesting we're all really complicated people um and i want to know why people are the way they are you know so and i you know i wanted to write something for my mom and i wanted to write something for um an actor in her 50s um and 60s to play where she gets to be validated <laughs> doesn't happen often mm. you know so yeah. in our media so th- those are all the the places that i came from So final question I mean coming back from that asian perspective um you know feeling not good enough feeling like a failure do you now feel good do you feel you've made it um i feel lucky and i mean like you know it's um uh you know like in the movie like the mom comes back and says i'm so sorry i've ever made you feel that but you've always been good enough you know i'm sorry if i ever did anything that made you feel like that that's kind of how it is with my mom. I'm very lucky in that I'm married to an incredible human being that my mom absolutely adores and my dad absolutely adores. But that's not like 
an accomplishment. I just got really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I got really lucky that we met. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm just so happy that I have the story that um, is about my parents and that they love and that they're proud of. And I get to like share this part of my life with, with people. Yeah, so I, I feel pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, the movie's out on Prime now, so everybody can watch it and enjoy it. And thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you. So that was my chat with Madhuri. Now let's go, go over to Ilan and Rajiv Dasani, the twin directors of this movie. And uh, afterwards, I'll be back with some show notes. Really excited to talk to you guys. I mean, this is like such a big thing. A movie with South Asians working with Blumhouse on Amazon, like, how excited are you guys? We're we're very excited. Um, you know, I mean, truly, we we understand the kind of responsibility you know we hold both working with Blumhouse, working with Amazon. Being, you know, I mean, you know, produced by Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Like, like we know it's a very big thing. We know that a lot of people have been very excited about it. And uh, we, from from minute one, knew that we had a responsibility to deliver to really deliver something special and unique. And I think we really we tried our our hardest to make sure to do that. So I know Blumhouse has kind of a very set way of working, like tight budgets and genre filmmaking. Um, was there ever any hesitation getting like full on horror? Because when I hear Blumhouse, I think horror, but I don't think Evil Eye is like horror, like at least how, you know, it's not gory or scary necessarily that way. So Blumhouse, I mean, they're they're kind of known for horror in terms of what they've done. But if you look at their filmography, they're, they've been involved in a lot of sort of interesting projects. And especially with Amazon, which is known for more elevated work and for sort of thrillers and dramas and different things. I think that, it, that this is, it is another chance for Blumhouse as an entity to do sort of more diverse projects. And so this, this, I think, is more of a psychological thriller than it is a straight horror. Um, the thing about Blumhouse is that what they, all they really care about is they really care about a quality product. And when, they're, when they say that, that they're conscious of the budget, it means that they want to spend the money on what, what ends up on screen. And so they're, they're very conscious about making sure that all that money goes toward the quality of the project. I, was, I read about uh, when Jordan Peele was making Get Out and even a few uh, interviews I read with Tessa Thompson, she said that, you know, sci-fi and horror allows people to tell stories about diversity or people of color that a lot of times other movies cannot do. Mm-hmm. Was that also something that, an aspect that kind of interested you that, you know, within this playhouse of, you know, horror, you can tell a story that's a bit more? Absolutely. I mean, we we mostly work in work in genre, so mostly work in sci-fi, supernatural, that kind of thing. And I think part of why we do that is um is because you're you're right. I mean, it is one of those things that a lot of people like you know our film ostensibly is has this kind of thematic core about domestic violence, about kind of you know like about deeper gender issues and all this kind of stuff. But I think a lot of people who wouldn't go see a straight drama about those topics will go see a supernatural mm. thriller. I think it's a way to kind of like open it up to a broader audience, but still speak to deeper themes. And I think you're right that it also allows you to tell diverse stories because a lot of people, again, who might not go to a Indian American drama will totally like be like, oh, but I'll watch a cool thriller with Indian Americans and Indians. And I think, you know, we, we love that. It's like, I mean, honestly, our goal with anything we do is to deliver something that people want to watch. And I think if you can deliver something special, and show them a culture they haven't seen before and make it fun to watch, that's where genre really uh, excels. Hmm. So you adapt, adapted this from a kind of a teleplay, an audio play, right? 
and then it became a feature movie. Um, I mean, and that's a challenge, I imagine, right? Like going from a short, and I think they were all phone call based also. Um, were there any scenes that you were working on and said, mm, this, we need to work a little bit more on this, this needs to be adapted while you were shooting that it just wasn't gelling and you kind of needed to maybe go back to the drawing board and kind of figure it out? Shooting less than percent. Yeah, I mean, there. So, so the adaptation process was done by by the original writer of the audio play, you know, Hattori Shekhar. He did a wonderful job on that. But I think you know something where because she was working in this sort of that she's used to working as as a playwright, we worked with her a lot to to figure out how to make things. Like a lot of the of, of the flashbacks, we worked a lot with her because a lot of those weren't in the original script because we really wanted to visualize and to dramatize uh, what Usha, like what actually happened to her and show India and show all that texture. Um, and one of the scenes I think that was the most, um, that was the trickiest, I think, was the one where, where Usha, she describes that flashback where, you know, the original version of, of that scene sort of wasn't working when we first rehearsed it. And, you know, a lot of it was because um, it, it, it's a long scene and like the pacing of it has to be like, you know, directing it, it's almost like its own little short film, that scene, because it's such a long specific scene with the flashback and everything else. And so we, we, we had to figure out, it, it's not in the rewriting, but how we staged it changed because we, we realized that there needs to be more motion, there needs to be more activity, um, and how the flashbacks were used, like that's when we came up with the, with this idea of the underwater sequences and everything else to kind of add add more to it. Mm -hmm. And what was your connect? Because obviously, you know, we're South Asian guys, and we have that pressure of our parents wanting us to get married, but it's not the same pressure that women have, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, so there is a difference there. So how did you kind of connect with that theme that Madhuri is obviously writing from? you know, her own perspective, we're coming at it, I'm coming at it as a viewer, as a guy, you're directing it as a guy. How do you kind of connect that? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, like at the end of the day, I think what, what you want to connect to is there's there's kind of two aspects to a movie. There, there's seeing a fascinating story about someone who isn't you and kind of being invested and wondering what will happen to them and then relating their story to your own experience. So, you know, so I think you're right that like you know, we're, we're not women, but we can understand and be interested and fascinated by a woman's story. That said, I think we can bring to the table our experience as Indian Americans and also as men to kind of talk about kind of the like toxic, toxic masculinity and like that kind of thing. Um, but I think also just, you know, just, just on a basic level, we can all empathize with the idea of on a, on a, like on a primal fear level of a loved one in trouble of being far away from someone who's being influenced by a, by a bad partner. Like it's like, the, these are very primal uh, feelings that I think that's the goal of, uh, you know, especially horror films. It's you tap into things that are universal fears that have a specific context of the movie. So. When you were making this movie, was it meant to be streaming directly or were you, was there a discussion of this being a theatrical release or was it always kind of the goal? And does that change anything in your approach in filmmaking? Uh, it, it would change the, the approach. In this case, this, this was always part of, of the Blumhouse, uh, of the Welcome to the Blumhouse streaming series um, on, on, on Amazon. There was no plan to have this in theaters, I think, because they really wanted to release this as part of a Halloween package as part of, of, of this, this a set of four films in the anthology way, you know, 
as, as well because they're they're thematically tied in a way that you would never do in a theatrical you know release. So all four of the Blumhouse films, you know, as part of the, of this anthology, are all about family and betrayal and about um, you know the the these kinds of themes. So I think that if if we were approaching it for theatrical. Um, I, I think that we would have probably done it a little bit differently in terms of scope because I, I think that there's a difference be, because I think that on streaming, one of the big differences is that you have to you have to start almost a little bit faster because you, because people can change, change change the channel in one minute. Whereas once people are in a theater, you kind of have them. They've already paid their money. They they have their popcorn. They have have a drink. So you can do a slower. Uh, sort of opening, and that's that's a big difference between streaming movies and and the and films meant purely for theatrical. I think throughout the movie, I felt that the pacing was really quick because not even you know the start, anybody at home can just grab their phone and start scrolling or something, and you lose that focus. But your movie was just always you know constantly moving, and I I really appreciated that. The other thing I really appreciated in the movie was also your your production design and your set design? Because I don't know, like, I, I'm going to ask this, was the Indian portion set in India? Because you almost fooled me. Like, I don't know if it was actually <laughs> yeah. set in India or not. So I wanted to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting you ask that. So it was actually, it was shot 90% in New Orleans. So actually all of the Indian interiors, every single one was all shot in New Orleans. Actually, even the yeah. bridge scene was shot in New Orleans as well. So the bridge scene, that really got me i was like is this india or did they actually go <laughs> good, good, good. yeah you know basically we you know like we use um set design our our production designer ryan uh, al dwyer was absolutely amazing and he did a ton of research um into essentially looking at photos of, of people's and, houses in india we, and like he added posters to yeah to, to the bridge and you know if you look closely you'll see that, that there's a that there's an indian speed limit sign yeah, yeah. on the bridge on, even on down the, to things like you know, you know like 3d printing plugs that you know look the same that you know in order to be on the on their wall things like that but it was very it was very intentional like, like we wanted it to feel very authentically Indian, even though we were shooting in New Orleans for kind of mostly budget reasons and various other things, yeah. but we did use visual effects, for example, to like add add India to the background and plates and footage was shot in India, like mainly in the big flashback sequence where it's like where we're, you know where we're in Old Delhi. That was shot by a second unit in in Old Delhi, um, kind of like with doubles essentially uh, in order right. and then plates as well to kind of put in the background of our scenes in New Orleans to kind of make it all. It was like a puzzle kind of. Final question, um, because I know you've been probably talking to a lot of people, but um, <laughs> no worries. So, because this wasn't a theatrical release, there's not that same cycle of cr film criticism around it, right? The movies uh, came out a couple of days ago. Have you been reading reviews? Is there anything that you kind of pick up and you say, I want to kind of like, I want to, you know, get back at that or I want to address that? Is there anything that kind of stood out to you that you want to? Yeah, there's, there's there's one big thing, which which is just that um, I think I mean we've had some very positive reviews, and I think the reviewers that have been positive, I think understood that it was kind of a a, a genre blend where it's both a family drama, kind of intense, kind of like you know psychological drama meets supernatural thriller. I think those people who were expecting it to be a like kill a minute slasher film, I think were were disappointed. But I think I, I sort of would encourage those people to watch it in the spirit that it was intended, which is it was meant to be more of this kind of drama slash thriller. And I think in that context, that's, I, I, I think, I mean, I'm very, you know, obviously very proud of the film, but I feel like some people kind of let their disappointment uh, 
kind of extend into like not evaluating the movie on its own terms. So right, right. Yeah. maybe they thought there was actually an evil eye, like a demonic eye or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Uh, I think I think unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, like you know, like Blumhouse has. I mean, like, you know, they they have made so many amazing films, but because people associate them with very intense horror films, which is great, and they make amazing films, sometimes they sort of assume they're all going to be like that, which isn't necessarily the yeah. case. You know, right. So. But guys, thank you for your time. I could talk like ages and have so many <laughs> other questions, but uh, I mean, Sorry. amazing job. And I'm really looking forward to what you guys do next. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. It. Thank, so, you. thank you. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Drop us an email at upodcasting at gmail.com. Evil Eye is now streaming on Amazon Prime Video. The entire review is on episode 77 of uh, the Khandan podcast. The new season of Toddy Folly uh, podcast is live too on this channel. So subscribe. Also check out my, uh, my appearance on the BBC's big debate last week. All of these I'll add. And uh, I think next uh, Wednesday we're also dropping the episode 78, which is uh, a review on Bazigar with the uh, entertainment reporter Justin Rao. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Subscribe to a Khandan podcast. Subscribe to Tolly Folly podcast and to You Podcast Bollywood Edition. Thank you so much for listening, guys.